Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek, University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Victorious, the Division Championship edition of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. I am so excited to be joined by the fellows tonight uh, as we celebrate what was a game that, that we're going to have to spend a fair amount of time talking about. This has been our nemesis. This has been the team that has consistently found ways to beat the Seahawks by a lot of points, by a little points, with offense, with defense. They've always found ways, and that did not happen today. Your Seattle Seahawks are the NFC West Division Champions for the first time since 2016, right? So, um, wow, wow. I can't wait to get into this. In fact, let's do it right now. Let me bring in the guys. Uh, Evan Hill at Evan S-E-A. How are you, dude? Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Fuck the Rams. Fuck the Niners. Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck Sean McVay. Fuck all of them. The NFC West is ours, and I genuinely forgot how good that taste felt. It has been a while. Like, 2016, honestly, felt longer than it's been in reality, I think. But honestly, guys, for me, this is like the most satisfying regular season win in like multiple years. And I'm not kidding. Like Brian said, before this game, the Seahawks had beat, they had beaten the Rams two times in four seasons. Two times the Seahawks had beaten them in four seasons. This does not happen. So Pete Carroll's defense, Ken Norton's defense showed up today. They balled the fuck out. And you know what? We took the dub. I, I could not be more impressed with what we saw, with what we saw from this defense today. I'm, I'm just, I'm all over the place. I'm excited. I'm overjoyed. Fuck the Rams. Oh, but Jared Goff, I hurt my finger. Oh, I hurt my little, finger. Jared Goff is a little bitch. <laughs> he so. looked better after that, I thought. Like, he <laughs> right. can, they were all like, oh, I mean, and he was like grimacing or whatever, but like his immediate, like the next three passes, like had a ton of mustard on him. Like he was zipping him in there. I'm like, I think he fixed himself. Was, did he have like a, a <laughs> so true. like the movie rookie of the year, you know, when he breaks his arm? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he had been playing with a uh, thumb that was out of joint for years, and now it's finally back in. Yeah, like if anybody, like Aikman, uh, like are kind of setting it up. Like you know, you know, he hurt his figure. They kept showing that footage. Like somehow that was the reason. I was like, no, he looked better after he got yeah. hurt. So don't give me that shit. That was Nathan Ernst at Nathan E Eleven on Twitter. How are you doing, dude? Good, good, good. How about you? I'm good, man. It was fun. I. I think we we did something we never do. I think we all did this. Uh, like I said, I was going to be off Twitter. I, I had a buddy over, my the guy I share season tickets with, Aaron, and um, hadn't worked out the week before. Worked out today, and just wanted to be in the moment, in you know, enjoy the game, whatever it's going to be like, enjoy the company. 
it was fun, man. We made nachos, we had beers and Moscow mules, and uh, the game topics were good. on the side, I assume, for the nachos. What's that? Never no, heard. dude. No, <laughs> this isn't this isn't your your made up fantasy world. This is real nacho land in my household where we make quality nachos. Although they are not as good as as Matador. Yeah, they're better than almost anywhere else, but not as good as Matador. Uh, also, you heard him a little bit, but we're going to hear him a little bit more now. Uh, Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. How are you doing, dude? I'm good, man. I don't have Evan's energy level, which I'm definitely jealous of right now. But I'm in a really good mood. That was a lot of fun. It was, it was nice, like what you said, to go off. Like I tweeted a little bit during the game, but we didn't have our usual Twitter thread, and it was kind of stress free and kind of nice to just sit back and enjoy the game. I also had a running text thread with Evan the whole game, which is a really unique experience and definitely added to my day. But yeah, I thought there was a lot of big picture takeaways from that game that I think are very notable. And it was kind of fun just to sit back. I wasn't as stressed as I usually am during the game. Maybe it was just my opinion of the state of the team going into the game, but I was able to kind of just sit back and enjoy it. And I was one of the people who were saying that I thought the defense was legitimate going into this game. There was a lot of skeptics, including some people in this group and to see them do what they did today, I thought was very, very fun. Very exciting. <laughs> I have to tell you guys a story. Jeff knows this story, but I just tell it. So I, I, I kind of started what I said with, with uh, Nathan. So we decided basically to stay off Twitter, right? And, and it looks like everybody decided to stay off Twitter. No, no, I, I was I was on Twitter. I, I wasn't we were I was in the group chat, but we I was in on the Twitter. group chat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so then then Jeff sends me this text like after like. Russell misses wide open Jacob Hollister early for a touchdown. He's like, I don't know, something negative. And I was like, Jeff, dude, I said I wanted to be on Twitter because I don't want the negativity. <laughs> so just, <laughs> I failed. Like, I he, failed was, he was tracking me down to bring the negative energy. He's like, I am going to bring it one way or another. I respected that, Jeff. Yeah, but I sent you a positive right away. You did. I flipped. I flipped. You did. I respect that. I respect that. This was a tale of two halves. Yeah, I really, really? Feel, yeah. Tell I, me I, why I didn't see it that way. I, I mean, two touchdowns in the second half against a against the number one defense in the NFL is good. Like I, I understand that the majority of the yardage came on a David, you know, more long, you know, scramble, but like it happened regardless. And I, and, and you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize the Seahawks offense for style points against the number one offense or the number one defense in the NFL. Like they're the number one defense in the NFL. Like they're fucking good. And if you, you know, if you multiply that over two halves and the Seahawks score 34 points, obviously they were horrible in the first half. They were completely anemic, but you know what? They showed up, they showed up when it mattered. And Russell threw a dagger when it mattered to Jacob Hollister. He redeemed himself. And you know what? I I was texting Jeff while it was happening, but I was 100% convinced they were playing for the field goal. I thought so, they were going to go three straight <laughs> runs. We, like, we both did. Like, you know, Pete Carroll laying on his defense. But you know what? I don't know how it happened or if Russ checked out of it or what. whatever the original play design was. Whatever happened, Russell threw a fucking dagger, redeemed himself, and <sighs> I've got witnesses. They were better. I called the touchdown on that play. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, see, I saw that differently. I did not see a tail of two halves. Tell me about it. I thought the most notable development of the game, and we've talked about this for years and years, is that Sean McVay's scheme did not dominate the game. And I think that's the biggest reason why Seattle won today. And I thought that was relatively consistent the whole game. And I thought that, to me, that was the biggest picture development of the game. And really, yeah, they did score twice, and they did get a little better offensively, but there's still a lot, I think, we have to wonder about in terms of their offense. And I do think the Rams defense is really good. I think we got to give them a lot of credit. That defense. They're so good. Yeah. They're great. Nathan, you, you seem to nod with Evan that you thought it was tail of two halves. So how did you see it? Yeah. I mean, you know, the defense obviously came out and and looked pretty good in the first half, Uh, but the offense looked pretty putrid really. Like there were not many sparks of hope from the offense and, you know, as well as the defense was playing, it was against Jared Goff. You know, he threw that awful pick in the red zone um, oh. after, you know, they had kind of let him move down the field. So at halftime, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, there's a chance that the dam breaks here and, and, and not in the right way. And it did break, but it broke in our favor, right? And, and I think the other reason to, that I think um, – that I kind of think of it that way is 
one of the big things that I have been harping on with the team and, and the coaching staff is that they can't adjust that. Like, you know, they come out and they, it, it, they got what they got and, and it better be enough. Uh, and that wasn't the case. Like, I, I feel like, you know, and it's, it's hard to say, you know, how much of it was them just clicking better and doing some things differently, but, but for whatever reason, they looked much better offensively the second time around. Right. Um, I, I tweeted it out. I think it's the first time that Russ has, looked like Russ in weeks um you know just some of those really kind of classic Russ moments the the more deep pass the touchdown the ball to lock it that touchdown to Hollister um so to me yeah like first half I was like I they, they could win this game but I'm not going to feel a lot better about this team and and now coming out of the game you know at the end I, I do feel more hopeful not a ton more hopeful but I'm definitely higher on this team than I was you know before the game I'll take that from you I'll take what I get for, I can get from that <laughs> I mean the game was amazing like I don't want to take away from the game I'm just talking about like no. if you start to like zoom out and look at like Super Bowl <laughs> chances sure. I am more uh, hopeful from that perspective good. too what, what was that Jeff I totally agree with you because first half Russell looked like Teddy Bridgewell. And <laughs> you did say that. And that's I, on the I record. I did. I thought there was just, there was not much there. He was running into sacks. He was, his eyes weren't getting downfield. And, and then I, I think one of the plays that Nathan missed, and I, I totally agree with the point Nathan made. It was a simple play, but it was a play to Carlos Hyde where he rolled out to the right. Nothing was open. Carlos Hyde kind of escaped and he flipped it. And that was a huge third down conversion. I think on the first touchdown drive. And those are just the plays you haven't seen from him lately. And but that was really encouraging too, because, you know, he threw a pick on a very similar play last week, right? He, he tries that same thing. And that time the defender got the ball, you know, his hands on the ball and it goes straight up and a def- another defender manages to get under it. Right. And so that was super encouraging too, because I think a lot of what's been happening with Russ is kind of mental. Like for whatever reason, he has not been pushing the ball downfield on some stuff that he probably should be. And so for him to like have that same play and to either not be scared of it or to just, you know, have it be muscle memory and not think about it. Right. Just to be out of his head. I thought that was really encouraging too. You know, I thought it was really, it turns out to be poetic that the, the points that decided the game, not the final touchdown, but the points that decided the game, the first touchdown of the second half came on a play when Russell was in the red zone and it was a design pass and the guys weren't open and Russ made the right decision to run it and get the score. Compare that to the last time these two teams were playing when Jamal Adams forced a a fumble, Seahawks were down 17, 10 Russell on a design pass had a wide open lane to run the ball for what was at least a first down, if not a touchdown and chose to throw across the field, what was a pick and, pretty much like ended the game. I mean, it didn't officially, but it, it was a, it was a pretty big play in that game. I thought it was really fitting that, that Russ made the smart choice there because again, in the first half, as Jeff talked about, there's a number of plays where we'll, we can talk about it a little bit. I want to stay in the positive, but I, I don't understand why Russell so often had decided to tuck his head and run straight into the line. I think he kept thinking there was run room, but <laughs> there was definitely a lot. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, it was just nice to see him make some of those good choices. And and you mentioned that play to Hyde, huge kudos to Carlos Hyde. Mm -hmm. He was blocking. He released at the right time and gave Russ an outlet. Like that was just a savvy veteran play. Um, I'm not even sure that was part of the the play design. I think that he just improvised and, and Russ, you know, took advantage. So yeah, it was. And, and, and Russ at the end, like, man, he made a beautiful throw to Jacob Hollister to just to seal the game. Like that was what we've been wanting, right? Like end the game, end the game. And one of the things that it's why I reacted to you guys talking about a tale of two halves. This to me felt like the first game, maybe the only game all year. I thought the CR got progressively stronger throughout the game. Like they started off defensively strong, offensively, not so great, but they got better and better. And, and the defense, I think, maintained a high level throughout. There were not big dips. Like there was that big run, you know, at the, in the first half and second half. Um, but other than that, this defense played fantastic. Um, and I don't think this was one of those games where Jared Goff was just awful, like we saw against Miami or, or some of these other. He was bad. That pick was horrible. 
mm-hmm. but he was making decent throws. It seemed like the only plays he had were these checkdowns. Like there was nothing deep. Like it, maybe it's a play play design, but is that what you guys assessed? Is like, yeah. I saw the Rams beat reporter say it was the highest pressure rate Jared Goff has faced. Really? Yeah. And that surprises me. Yeah. Well, early in the game, like they didn't have a lot of sacks, but Carlos Dunlap was getting in the backfield very frequently. And I think her name's Lindsay Theory, or I saw a stat from her that it was, I think the first half was the highest pressure rate. And I, I agree. There just wasn't much there. Like Cooper Cup won a lot of routes on his own on He's third good. and long. But, and I think my big takeaway from the game, ignoring the defense for a second, the Seahawks really need a receiver like that. Like a Bobby Ingram, a Cole Beasley. I think that would really help this team. Just watching what Cooper Cup does on third down, I really think they need a player like that. We talk about Doug like Baldwin. Yeah, Doug Baldwin. Like I think they really miss that guy because they go to on third down, they go to guys a lot. And we don't Tyler Lockett's season's been so odd. Yeah. Especially with how they're trying to play offense now. Like they're they're running a lot of shorter stuff. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I still see a lot of criticism of Russ where, oh, you know, he just wants to hold the balls forever and make hero plays and stuff. And that's that's not really been true the last few weeks. I, I think I think he's been playing a little scared and and I think I do think that the defense obviously deserves a lot of credit. I mean, Jared Goff is a huge fucking coward. That dude like needs to grow a pair because that pick that he threw was because he didn't want to run. Like he's terrified to run. He threw a hospital ball to Robert Woods because he didn't want to run. He's got like four or five yards. And instead he tries to fit it between two linebackers and Woods gets crunched. And then the one where they had a third down and I can kind of understand that one because Bobby was teeing him up, but like, this is for the division. Like it's third down and he just slides two yards short of, of the third down marker or the first down marker. Like, yeah. He, he just has no guts. Well, you focus on the guts. I focus on the brains. Like, the guy thinks the sun, you know, rises in the West or something. I can't remember what the what his quote was. But, I mean, clearly not the brightest bulb. And and th- those slides, I mean, he consistently slid ahead of the, 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 the sticks. Like, I don't know. And then, what the hell? Okay. We're going to be all over the place. Sorry, I'm, I can't compose my thoughts. But that play at the end when Josh Reynolds puts the ball down, <laughs> if that had been the Seahawks, if that had been the Seahawks and a Seahawks player had gotten up and made a football move, he didn't just get up and, like, look at the ref. He got up and, like, started to run and then put the ball down. I, I would have – they definitely would have called that a fumble on the Seahawks just because, I don't know, that's it's crazy. But that, that, that I can't believe <laughs> – I can't believe he got away with that. I'm so mad they took that away from us. Like oh. that was in the moment I was like, I've never seen that. I've never, I, I've never seen a player do it. What is he doing? Why would you do that? He just got up and put the ball down. Like, how is this happening? And I was so excited just to have something so weird happen. <laughs> and of course, the refs have to come in. No, no, calm down. Not a blah blah blah. Like, just shut the fuck up and let <laughs> let the teams have some fun. God damn, the game's over. Let it be weird. Evan, Evan. It's interesting. What you, I think whether it's you or, or Jeff said about the pressure rate. Seahawks end up with three sacks, two of them to Jaron Reed, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. uh, and nine quarterback hits. Yeah. The only other team, the only other time this year this, that the Rams have given up three sacks in a game, only other time, was to the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's defense is good. Let's talk about they're, that. They're is good. Seattle's defense good. Are they average? Like, that's what everyone's been arguing about. They're good. They're good. They're good because, like, my excuse for the past couple of weeks has been, you know, they haven't played a quality opponent. And, yes, I I, I don't think Jared Goff is great by any measure. But, like, at some point, the defense keeps producing and, and is really the strong focal point of this team. And they keep holding it down. So, it's like, at some point, we just have to accept that they're good. And it's off the back of a, of a strong and prolific pass rush that was really reinvigorated with Carlos Dunlap's arrival, you know, mid, midway through the season. So um, I do feel like Shaquille Griffin had a rough day today, actually. Um, but overall, really? yeah, th- he had, he had a few missed tackles and, um, and, and let some guys wide open in coverage, but 
I have some mixed feelings on him, but, but regardless, I, I, I think the defense, you know, improving to being a good defense from a catastrophic defense early in the year is, is insanely positive for their playoffs. Hopes. Jeff, you can't, you can't say they're like, you can't be on the fence here. Are they, are they bad? Are they average? Are they good? Are they great? Where are you on them? I think they're good. I was saying they were good before this game. And this, I think this was their most complete defensive performance of the season. They didn't really have any lapses other than that big run. Uh, I thought that goal line stand is the play of the game. And Jordan Brooks was phenomenal at the goal line. Jamal Adams saved the touchdown. Quandre Diggs was really good today. Um, KJ Wright, I thought, had a really, really good game. He was very active. And I just think top to bottom, they were the ones who dictated the game, similar to how the Rams did. I think they dictated what was available on offense. And I think that was the first time they've, own a McVay team. Yes. Things were hard for them. And yes. I think, I don't know if it's like a coaching switch or whatever. I think their personnel on defense is pretty good now that DJ reads in and they don't really have that many glaring holes. They're not an incredible defense. I don't think they're the Colts or any, anyone else like that, but I think they're a functional to above average NFL defense, which very promising. It's been one of the weirdest sports seasons completely how the defense and offense have just flipped i don't think i've seen any team in my life done that have had flips of extremes of that nature i can't think of but just there was just a lot of notable plays from a lot of different players and i think the unit as a whole is really coming together the schedule is definitely part of that because the seahawks for whatever reason the nfl is full of teams that are one-sided this year the seahawks played a lot of bad defenses to start the year with really strong offenses then played a lot of bad offenses with really strong defenses. So that's definitely part of the story, but it's not all of the story. And I think the, the Seahawks proved that today. Nathan, I'm kind of curious, like who, who stood out to you the most on defense for the Seahawks today? Like uh, who, who would you give the game ball to on defense today? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I Maybe Dunlap. Um, Adams. Adams had a nice game um he had he had some hits and misses though like but he, he saved did, a, he saved a touchdown he, dropped he did four. yeah i i don't know maybe i'm underestimating that play a little bit because they were like oh he came from the complete other side well like he was blitzing from the other side and just followed the back like i i don't know that a lot of like do a lot of nfl players just stop on that play and and not I don't know. He, he caught him. He saved the touchdown. I, I do think that they ended up missing, messing up that call. The refs did. I think that, that they that had to have been a touchdown by the Rams if they called it that way. Uh, but uh, well, he he recovered the ball in the end zone. How is that not a touchdown? If the Rams recovered the ball, oh, the you ball mean you mean the, the Jared Goff fumble? Jared Goff. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. He clearly stopped him short there. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, so Adams had some really nice moments like that play, catching the guy from behind. He also had the missed tackle that got them all the way down there in the first place. So he was a little hot and cold for me, but I mean, he was certainly up there. I mean, I think everyone played pretty well for the most part. There weren't any like glaring issues or anything like that. So it's kind of hard to pick. A lot of, play- a lot of guys played well. Agreed. I think, I think Ugo had a good game. Um, Jamal was the guy that stood out most to me um today I he definitely he had was, a bunch of splash plays he did and i just think he was solid um uh <laughs> and uh i guess uh, here's my question i want to hear from each of you about the person like name a couple if you want that played above your expectations like that stood out to you um you know under under unheralded heroes that that you feel like earned and i'll start First guy that comes to mind, I'm going to say it again, Cedric Abwehi. Like, started right tackle, played the whole game, barely noticed him. Um, and when I did, it was because he was he was sustaining his block. Brandon Shell got another week off. I think that's huge. Um, and the fact that he looks like a serviceable right tackle is a really big deal. So, like, that's not what anyone's going to talk about, but it stood out to me, especially because I've had such low expectations for that guy and coming against this Rams defensive line and Leonard Floyd and all the people that they could have thrown at him. I don't know what his grade will be, but I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a 60 or above in PFF um, again, which is, is tough to do against this defense. Jeff, how about you? I've been a very avid critic of this player, but Jacob Halster, 
He had the ah. touchdown essentially, and he really should have had two touchdowns. He was wide, wide open. And I know he got held a bit, but Russia hit him there. I'm someone who's not very high on his skill set, so my expectations of him are very low. He gets tackled very easily on a lot of plays, especially in a game like this. But he ran routes where he was absolutely open and should have had two touchdowns. And in a game like this where points are really at a premium, I think I got to give him credit. Evan, how about you? I think two guys. Uh, Jaron Reed, I've been really tough on all year long. He had two sacks today, came up really big. Um, I hope he's okay. We saw him get injured. Do we have an update on him, actually? He came back in the game. Oh, he came back in the game? Fact, I think he had a sack after he was injured. Okay, good, because I was worried about with his like whole chest issue. Um, Reed came up big today. Alton Robinson had a big-time sack today. Um, who else? That's a good call. Alton Robinson is kind of coming on, right? Two he, has, he has four sacks in his first year. That's good. Frank Clark, Frank Clark had, I think, three and a half, yeah. if I remember right. Uh, Jordan Brooks had an amazing game uh, in his limited snaps. I know he didn't play the entire game. And then, I, not being sarcastic here, I think we got to shout out Jason Myers, being dead serious. Like, continues to nail it. You know, one field goal was, I think, 45 yards or, or maybe 46 yards. He's been consistent for this team all year long. And, uh, yeah, there, there, were, there, was, there were a lot of folks that stepped up on the defensive side, defensive side of the ball today. But Jaron Reed was somebody that flashed for me. Despite your, you know, tardiness in coming to the Jason Myers fan club, uh, I'd have to agree. I think uh, I actually thought about that today. First of all, watching Young Way coup miss a chip shot to tie you hear that nathan yeah. you hear that yeah the guy, it's funny how the, he's the, the guy one going to the compared... pro bowl and jason myers isn't right isn't that funny i think we'll wait to see who the all pro is because i think i think jason myers uh i i honestly no 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 bullshit first half i was like those were those are gut you know gutsy kicks you know every every field goal every point was going to matter in this game and he mm-hmm. He made those. He made that 49 yarder, 44. Yard. They weren't chip shots, you know, and, and he's, he's come through. So yeah, I, I, did someone mention Michael Dixon? He played well today. No, he no. had a huge booming punt when it mattered. Uh, 60 yards. I want to say 60. I mean, the yards. Rams didn't have a drive that started outside of their 20 for at least like three quarters or something. I, I don't know. I know they, they were pinned back like their first four or five drives or something like that. I don't know what it ended up being, but he was, yeah, they were, they were doing great there. Nathan, do you I, have I think, a standout player? Uh, well, I, I think everybody played more or less to my expectation of them. And I think that when you get careful, you don't want to jump up and get you to, uh, out. <laughs> If everybody, I I think, I mean, we talk a lot about like a complete performance and a complete team performance and that. And I I think that's what this game was, right? I mean, the offense was slow to show up in the first half and there's stuff, right? But like more or less by the end of the game, I think everyone basically had played the way you would hope that they would play. And and you can see that just on talent, this team can be pretty good, right? I mean, uh, I, I don't know where I fall still on like, you know, talk about like Super Bowl favorite or anything like that, but like, Clearly the talent's there, right? And, and Jamal Adams was making plays. You know, I, th- I think Bobby had a couple of nice tackles. Jordan Brooks had a couple of nice tackles. The corners looked mostly solid, right? I mean, again, you can go through and nitpick different things, but across the board, everybody stepped up and played well. A way he might be the guy that like most outperformed my expectations for him, but but by and large, it was just a complete team performance and 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 they're a good team. So this is kind of what you get. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's well said, and and I even thought <laughs> Rashad Penny when he came in, like there was a few, there were a couple of runs where it's like, oh man, he almost looked like he was gonna break out, and uh, of course he should have got that first down. Um, I don't know why he he came. That short was there. weird. That was weird. But um, I want to ask you guys about one of the key plays of this game. Third down, I think was it third down. I think it was, I don't know what down it was. I, you guys will maybe remember. Russell breaks the pocket. He has tons of room in front of him, maybe 20 yards in front of him. And he chooses to, I think it was third down. And he chooses to throw it 
deep down the field to a pretty well-covered David Moore against Darius Williams, who's picked him off twice and almost picked him off on the first game, which was like, oh my God. But David Moore made an amazing catch. Russ made a great throw. Would you want him to make that play again? If, it, if the exact same situation happened the next game, would you want him to make that decision the next time? Evan, I'm going to start with you. Yes, I would. I okay. would. And the reason I say I would is because what I want so desperately out of this offense and what I feel like we saw on that final drive from them was a killer instinct. Step on the opponent's throat. Step on their fucking throats. Knockout punch. That was a killer mentality type of play by Russell. Yes, he probably should have taken the run. Actually, I don't think that's disputable. But you know what? I'll live and die. Live and die by that by that choice with Russell. Nathan, I, yeah, I want him to do it too. Like when we talk about Russ as an MVP type player. It's because of those plays. It's because of his ability to place that ball that way. Um, throwing it to David Moore makes that, you know, quite a bit riskier. <laughs> uh, and I like David Moore, but, you know, he is who he is. Uh, but, yeah, I think I, I think you have to take risks. Like, no, to steal a phrase, no risk it, no biscuit, right? Like, and, and in terms of risks, like, it was third down. But like it, it wasn't like that was a, a ball that was going to be turn result in a turnover or something like that, right? I, I think that the worst case there is that you punt, and that's bad, obviously. But you're Russell Wilson, and and you want to make big plays, and and he did, and so, um, yeah, I, I don't really have any problem with him pushing it like that, especially just after what we've seen from him the past several weeks, like. If nothing else, it was cathartic to see him try that and, and for it to come together and, you know, to build that confidence or whatever. Um, I, I was happy with it. Jeff. I'm the same way. Right now, what the offense has become is really just like a take what's their kind of offense. And they're, they're struggling to get open deep and there's not a lot of chunk plays. And so I think if you, you don't want to ask Russell to become Jared Goff and yeah, it'd be nice if he, he missed the ball. We'd probably, and they lost the game. We might be looking at that play differently, but I totally agree with what Evan and Nathan said. I think that's why you have Russell Wilson. That's what makes him special. And he can do things that no one else can. And sometimes, yeah, maybe it might be head scratching, but I think you need him making plays like that because that raises the ceiling of the team. And more than anything, if the defense getting better, Russell being special is what can drag this team to its highest ceiling. So I think you got to ask him to make a bit of an extraordinary play sometimes in the absence of what's there. And I think that's what makes him so unique compared to other players. You know who we also need to call out is DJ Reed. And I know he didn't have any major plays where he was like flashy or a pass breakup or, or something like that. But when you're not screaming his name, that's a good thing yeah. for a corner. You I know think, what I mean? Like he's changed their mentality in the secondary a lot. He brings a lot of confidence that they just didn't have. Yeah, it's, it, I'll be the one uh, uh, person on the other side of this. To me, that that's the wrong decision every time. Like, mm -hmm. if you if you can keep a drive sustained, and you and he easily would have had fifteen yards, easily would have had fifteen yards running. Uh, if that if that ball falls incomplete, which it had a very good chance of doing, it's a critical mistake in that situation to to make that, and and that's. To me, that wasn't the moment to, if you've got guaranteed first down versus maybe, um, I, I always take the first down. So for me, that was, that was not as clear. I will say that David Moore made a hell of a catch, man. That was, that was a, that was a fantastic catch. He's a guy that we've been absolutely annihilating the last few weeks and he came up big. Um, he came up big. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Well, that's just the frustrating part of David Moore. He's like, so he's not a detail player. He's very up and down. He's kind of all or nothing. And there'll be plays where like there's a ball thrown in and he won't realize where the first down yardage is. And I'll run one out of bounds one yard short. And then he'll make a play like that, that like no one else can make. That's kind of David Moore. That's who he's been for three years now. 
And, and, you know, it wasn't just the catch. The route was great. Like, yeah. Russ threw that ball because he beat his man. He, did. he had a little stop and go or whatever, and uh, Williams or whoever the cornerback was on it. Yeah, it was Williams. It. And he got over the top of him. Like, I get it because he had the room to run that, you that you know, maybe you look at that and say he should have. But, you know, if he had just been in the pocket and he threw that ball, I don't know that anyone could criticize it. It was the right play. It was the right read. Yep. He, he, he had a guy deep that that beat his man and so i i, I don't know I, at some point you can only be thinking about and processing so much at a time and you know if he's seen the guy that's open and getting deep and you know trying to make split second decisions about whether to run and whether he can make it and who's downfield and where the defenders are and you know yada 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 like it's, it's a tough sport uh and so for me just his what happened to evan <laughs> evan's gone green again I'm going green again. Yes. <laughs> Am I back? Yeah. That's so weird. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's just like, I, I think that, you know, that was, a, I, mean, I don't, whether the right decision, maybe not. I, I'm not going to like argue with people if they think that he should have ran it there, but like, I don't think it was one that you can like really criticize him super hard for. And I think it's the exact play yeah. that you would want him to make in, in most all situations. And he made the play. I mean, that is what Russell is so good at. So, like, it's just hard to be too mad about it. Can we talk about another pivotal moment? Um, so that was definitely one. And whether or not I, I agree with the decision-making, the play was fantastic. It was huge, huge part of the, the victory for sure. Other big moment, fourth down goal line stand, like four down goal line stand. Um I don't even know where to start with that. Given the way the defense is playing, were you feeling like there was a chance that was going to happen? Were you feeling somewhat confident? Were you feeling like, uh, see, I'm pretty sure that happened right after the Seahawks had scored their touchdown to go ahead, right? And so this was the answering mm-hmm. drive. And it also had that feel of like, oh, here we go. Every time the Seahawks offense scores, then the defense picks that moment to give up a touchdown, right? Um. So where was your head at on that on that series when they get down to the goal line? Start at first and goal after the guy was a Daryl Henderson that, that mm-hmm. ran and, and Jamal tackled, right? At first and goal from the two, maybe inside the two. Jeff, where were you hopeful at that point? No. No, I assumed they would score. Um, first and goal from the two. The Seahawks get beat on quarterback sneaks a lot. They haven't been great at that against Jared Goff historically. And once they had that first down two yard loss, I believe it was, I started to think to myself, who made that play? I I was, I was up getting a drink and I missed that. That was Adams, right? It was Jamal. Jamal got into the back. That was the craziest play too, because Adams was like, I don't know if he had tripped or whatever, but he was like, he was real low to the ground. And on the, like the live shot of it, it just looked like there was a huge hole into the end zone. And then Brown just, it, it almost looked like Brown just fell over. And then they show the replay and you can see Adams cutting in. Uh, that was, yeah. Yeah. And then Jordan Brooks makes a couple good plays in there. And really we spent a lot of time like hammering the Jordan Brooks pick and Patrick Queen is a much smaller player. Like my first thought of spite is, is that an action green screen? Like what's going on here? Is it back? Yeah. You're, you're wearing your action green uh, Seahawks. Oh, this is so painful. I wish they had worn action green today. I think that's what the universe is telling me. You look great, Evan. I think it's a bandwidth thing. Oh, there, you're, you're good again. Yeah, so I was pretty pumped once Jordan Brooks, I think he had two good plays in a row. And then I was mad that Pete challenged. But in the end, that might have actually been an okay thing. But I thought that was an idiotic challenge. That terrified me. Because I, I kind of thought he got it on the first push. So and I. then I still don't understand how, if he recovered the ball where the ball was... How is that not a touchdown? Well, there was no clear recovery. <laughs> I mean, that, that, yeah, was, that, was, that was the issue. But how does that work? Because you gave it to the Rams. So clearly you're saying he re- like the Rams had it. Are you just saying that the play didn't ha- – like, I, I don't know. That's another one where I'm just like – I think the ref was just making shit up at that point because I get it. There's no clear recovery. You can't overturn it. But then the play – the call on the field was that the Rams recovered it. So the Rams recovered the ball in the end zone. That's a touchdown. Whatever they won, who cares? But the refs were really on one today. 
<laughs> I, I see your logic there. <clears throat> I wasn't, I understood Carol's thought process there. Like you're at now, what was going to be a fourth down or was it third down at that point? Well, that was right. right before the fourth. Right at the one inch line. And there's a chance that video would show that you got a fumble recovery that would get you out to the 20, like game defining moment. I, I kind of understood where he was coming from. Um, so I didn't hate it, but I, I totally understand what you guys are saying. Like it could have gone even worse than it was. So pretty fortunate. Um, Evan was, has there been a better defensive moment this year for the Seahawks than that stand given what's on the line, given who they're going against. Given the context of the NFC West being on the line, I think the clear answer is, is no, there has not been a better moment. Um, I'm trying to think of like a comparable defensive play throughout the year. Cam play against the Patriots. Yeah, Yeah, it's just the context of this moment is obviously so important. Um, I I, I mentioned this briefly, Brian, when you were opening up the show, but the last NFC West title being 2016, it feels like a distant memory. It really does for this team. And it just, it feels so good to win that again. It really does. And I know there's no play. I guess there are playoff implications for it, but for this year, maybe not as much, but it just feels good, man. It feels really good to be back on top. It does. It does. So Seahawks most likely, most likely are going to play the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. There is a scenario where the Rams don't make the playoffs. Well, tell us about it. So the Rams losing to the Jets now has a lot of implications because they would have been the five seed most likely because they had the tiebreaker over Tampa. Now with two losses in a row, the Rams play Arizona next week, who is one game out of the playoffs. If Arizona wins and the Bears win, the Bears play the Packers and the Packers game might not be as important. If the, if the Cardinals beat the Rams and the Bears win, the Cardinals will jump the Rams and the Bears will be the seventh seed. If the Bears lose and the Cardinals win, the Cardinals win the tiebreaker and the Seahawks would play the Cardinals in the first round in the 3-6 game. Hmm. Interesting. So that, that does sound like it's changed things quite a bit. It seemed like there's a high probability. Of this, like, what would be the situation where the Seahawks play the Rams in the first round? If the Rams win next week. If the Rams win next week and the Seahawks win next week? Well, if the only way the Rams can jump the Bucs, if the Rams win and the Bucs lose to Atlanta, then the Rams would tie to Tampa. They'd win the tiebreaker because they beat them, and we'd play Tampa, which is probably a worse matchup at this point. Wow, that's interesting to hear you say that, considering we all were like the Rams yeah. might be the worst matchup for the Seahawks before this game. Um, that was my question. So let's assume that the Seahawks are going to play the Rams in the playoffs. Let's just talk about that possibility. How would you feel about that matchup, knowing that now it would be a home game? Not that that matters, but um, how would you feel? Would you would what what would you expect this, the point spread to be, and what would you ex- what would you expect the the result to be? Um, Jeff, you go first. Still very nervous. That defense and what they do to this offense is terrifying to me. I said we've said it all year. The Rams' defense is uniquely built to beat Seattle because of what Ramsey does to DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett has not had success against that other corner and what Aaron Donald does in terms of getting pressure on Russell and opening up things for everyone else. So yeah, it's nice to know that we can beat them, but I think it's going to be a game just like that where it's a slog and it's tough and it's going to drive us crazy. It's nice to know we can beat them, but I don't, I think that defense is so good for the Rams. It's going to be, it's going to be. Speaking of defense, Jamal Adams just now on record has declared the Seahawks as the best defense in the NFL. (laughs) I'm not kidding. He says, he says, we're the best defense in the league. You can quote me on that. (laughs) Nathan's like, he's like so upset about that. He's like, he has nothing, nothing good about that. Sure. I mean, I believe that Jamal Adams said that. (laughs) 
the Seahawks over the last six games, I'll do Sunday night stats later tonight. We'll get into it. But the Seahawks over the last six games, I think they're averaging, allowing about 12 points a game at this point. Um, they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL over that time. Since they played the Rams the first game, they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL. You can say what you want about the teams they played. They played Kyle Murray in there. They played, you know, the Rams. Um, and I don't think that they're the best defense in the league. That seems a little bit optimistic, but I think that they're playing well enough that they, they should feel some swag about it and feel like they can ha- make those statements and feel like they need to back them up. So I, I love it. I, I'm all for it, man. Uh, I think one of the things I've complained about with this defense for the past few years, they didn't have enough dogs on that defense. Like who was going to come out there and make a boast like that? That's not a Bobby thing. Bobby doesn't do that. I, mean, I love Bobby. It doesn't mean he's a bad player, but he's not the guy that's going to welcome that kind of pressure and, and, uh, and spotlight. Shaquille Griffin's not going to do that. Like Jaron Reed's not going to like, there's no guy there. That's just going to like say, fuck you to the rest of the league. We're the best. And Jamal's <laughs> he'll say that to the, the media members. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think Joe fan got uh, skipped by Seattle PR uh, Seahawks PR uh, uh, a couple times this week uh, on press conferences. So uh, um, setting that aside, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, that, uh, that Jamal feels that way. Um, and it's fun to watch good defense, man. It's fun to watch. Uh, what am I missing? What haven't we talked about? I mean, this is, how do you feel? Okay. Actually, I do have a question. Nathan, okay, what was ahead. their, what was their run pass split tonight? Do you, do you know oh, what that looked like analytically? Uh, I can pull it up. They passed 32 times. Plus they were sacked five times to make that 37 passes. And they ran the ball 24 times. That probably includes a kneel down, I would guess. Okay. And what was the EPA for run versus pass? Oh, I don't have that. I'm going to get right Derek or, or Nathan pick that up. Uh, so Seattle's rushing offense aver- uh, average uh, minus 0.15 EPA per play. Their passing offense average 0.09 EPA per I'm play. I'm surprised by that 0.09. It's not, not, not very good. I know. I know it's not, uh, and I'm still surprised. 38% <laughs> success rate passing, 23% success rate running. Uh, kind of ugly, really. And their early down was uh, not great either. 25, uh, 25 oh. early down passes to 19 early down rushes. And their EPA for early downs were uh, about equal. Minus 0.11 and minus 0.10. Hmm. So Interesting. they were on early downs. I want to know what you guys think this says about the coaching staff, the coaching staff and Russell Wilson are the two folks that we've, we've come back to over and over and over again this season. We've been disappointed with how Russell's played for the last few months. We've been disappointed with how the team has been coached um, both the head coach, as well as the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. What is this? What does this say? I mean, the Seahawks are division champs. Uh, they beat a good team that this group all felt like was a really tough matchup, if not the toughest matchup for the Seahawks. A coach that at least a few folks on here basically think owns Pete Carroll has been some of the the statement. I'm not saying this just to to troll. I honestly want to know, like, what do you guys think this game means for Russell? What does this game mean for? Do you feel more optimistic about who where Russell's going to be coming out of this? Do you feel more optimistic about? you know, how the team's being handled um, offensively, defensively, overall. I'll start. I'll just say, to me, this is a, a little bit begrudgingly a validating game for Pete Carroll. Like, I don't love every part of it. I don't love some of the priors that I think he confirms with this style of play. Um, but I think that over the past few weeks, he's he's managed to to get the team more in his his image of what he likes to see, and the results have generally been better the last three weeks at least. Um, I was 
incredibly pissed about the team after the Giants loss. I'm still not going to get over that game. But um, like I said, I don't agree with probably what Pete interprets from how this is all played out, but I have to give him credit for, you know, reducing what have been pretty backbreaking turnovers um, in the passing game and getting the defense to play. We, we basically said we never thought the defense would play well, like at this uh, you know high level again. Um, we, we didn't believe that that was possible. And they've done it. And I give, I give almost all of that credit to Pete, almost none of it to Ken Norton. So, um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think knowing where this defense was to where it is, uh, I, I tip my hat to him. From a Russell standpoint, I'm encouraged. I wasn't thrilled with his performance tonight, but I was encouraged. He made big plays and big moments, which he hasn't done lately. And I think he, w- he went out and won the game. I think you give him the credit for winning this game um, in the end in terms of the offense scoring the points. So, yeah, uh, slightly more optimistic on Russell. And, you know, begrudgingly, I, 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 give, I give Pete some credit um, for, for how he's rallied the defense. Evan, where are you on this? Yeah, I don't really have some super insightful answer outside of it. it hasn't really materially changed my opinion, big picture perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Defensively, yeah, it does actually, uh, but not offensively or like direction the franchise is headed in. This is just one game, you know what I mean? Like, like this is this is where it's about to get dirty. You know what I mean? Playoffs are two weeks away. Um, they needed this win to win the division. It's very encouraging. Uh, like you said, Russell put a dagger in their hearts at the end of this game and pretty much won it for this team. Um, but does it change my perspective significantly? Like big picture it really doesn't and i wish i could say it did but it doesn't even for russell one way or another no yeah i i'm back and forth like that first half was really bad like it was really bad russell played really badly in that first first half i can think of like four or five critical mistakes off at the top of my head that that he made um, either throws he missed or, or passes that should have been interceptions. So, you know, it, it's encouraging that he did it in the second half, but we still need to see a complete performance from this offense. Jeff, any, any material changes for you? Um, for me, it's, I'm still concerned about Brian Schaumreiber and the offensive staff. I still think of my view of him is still a very average coach and I see what they do offensively and, it just looks like they're trying to just get like, he does some good schematic stuff, but it just looks very bland and very uninspiring to me. Um, when the Rams go and play that zone, there just isn't a lot they're scheming to get open and they don't do a lot to help Russell. And my view of Russell is similar to Evan. It's mixed bag right now. Like I was very frustrated with him in the first half. He, to me looked like an Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater type player. And then in the second half, he did what he had to do. And that's encouraging sign. But to me, I want to kind of what everyone says about Pete that he's infallible and the excuses are ridiculous and he can't be criticized. I kind of feel that way about Russell sometimes. And I was posting some things when I was unhappy with stuff he missed. And some of the answers I getting were, were damn right laughable and it's okay to criticize him. We should hold him just like we should hold Pete to very high standards. He's a $35 million player, but big picture. I think the most encouraging sign obviously was Pete versus McVay. That was the first game of all of them where you can say Pete won the game. Because McVay has owned him. I, I strongly agree with that. If it was a missed field goal and a Cooper Cup drop touchdown, I think McVay would have won every game. Yeah, actually, I actually, I think that's a good point, actually. Uh, Pete's defense, I, I kind of mentioned it, but like, I, I think sometimes we forget in, the, in these past matchups with the Rams, like, I remember us like vividly complaining about Rams receivers running free with like 25 yards of separation, <laughs> like, like consistently over each game. So the fact that that not only didn't happen, but their defense, our defense completely suffocated them for almost the entire game is a positive step for Pete actually defensively. Well, to that point, the Rams had 17 points in their first three possessions in the first game. And they had almost 300 yards in the first half of the first game. They barely of this had year. Than, yeah. They had barely more than 300 yards of the whole game today. Um, yeah. 
you know, they were averaging, I want to say they're averaging over seven yards of play in the first half of that first game. They averaged four and a half yards of play this game. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that is an interesting point. And, and Nathan, I mean, you've been as vocal on that point as anything. Do you, do you get some encouragement like that, that, that there's more hope that, that a Pete defense can figure out a Sean McVay offense, or you think this is, you know, a one-off uh, occurrence? Yeah, I mean, it's one game, so you can only take so much from it. But, I mean, it worked, right? Um, the, the path rush looked good. They were able to keep, you know, they were able to pressure Goff, which we've talked about being, you know, really important. He's terrible when you pressure him. And, you know, it seemed like, from what you can tell from, you know, the broadcast, that they were keeping things covered up at least long enough that they could get pressure, right? So the the scheme worked with the talent and everything and and i think you have to feel pretty good about this um you know the the monkey is off their back a little bit can they do it every single time i I don't know uh but you know i don't have any confidence in jared goff and so if you can do this to them and 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 look like you're sound in cogent defense i think that's a, a big positive um and i think you know that second half is a big positive for me with Russ too. I think all of the problems that they had been having, right. And I kind of disagree with you that this was reaffirming for, for Pete in some degrees it was because something had gotten, something had happened with Russ and he had gone too far the other way. And he was making some really boneheaded decisions in that Cardinals Rams and, uh, that stretch with the Bills too, right? And he was just throwing some awful picks, right? And I, I think Pete did react to that. And and then we saw the flip of it, right? Where you end up with the Giants game where they lose because they're just too scared to do anything. And that second half was a bit of a blend, right? They got going when Russ, you know, hit a big pass to David Moore, when he did try to slip that ball to Carlos Hyde, right? He hits a ball down to Tyler Lockett. He gets the, you know, they they exploded when they did push the ball and they were a little bit more aggressive. So it felt like they found a balance. So Pete, you know, reacting and saying, hey, you can't throw really stupid turnovers like that was absolutely right. Um, it felt like they overcorrected for too long. And hopefully what we saw in the second half of this was them finding the right balance. And so I think that's, it's really just encouraging across the board. It, it wasn't some like amazing, oh God, they're world beaters. It's 2012 or 2013 or 2014 all over again. Um, but it all just came together really nicely and showed just how quality, how, how much quality this team has in it, right? From the coaches to the players and how they work together. So I want to ask you guys about DK and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start wrapping. But I, I, I will say this. I came into this game pretty relaxed, like division division title on the line like should have been normally i would have been super stressed about it and and tough tough opponent that the seahawks have not played well against defense that's perfectly matched up to to stop this offense i was like cool as a cucumber and that's not like that's not a brag that's just the way i was feeling and it's because basically this was a game to me that was a litmus test either the seahawks go in there they beat a team that's a good team, a really good team, and potentially a great team, especially on defense. And they prove that they can make noise in the playoffs or they lose. And you're like, okay, we know what this team is. They're, they're, they have a really limited ceiling as far as the playoffs. So I want to just say, not only did they win, but they won pretty convincingly. Like they had that game, even when it was close in the first half, I thought the Seahawks largely were in control throughout that game and I can't help but come away from that thinking bring it on like bring it on I want to see what the playoffs look like there's not a team that I'm like all right show me a tougher defense show me a tougher defense than what the Seahawks played today that they're going to face in the NFC playoffs I don't think there is one don't tell me don't talk to me about the Saints screw that defense that is not this defense and so I come away pretty encouraged um, about what this can mean. And the fact that Russell paired with that defense to win the game at the end and make big plays when he needed to, Chris Carson looked healthy, and DK Metcalf made plays against Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, whoever they put on him, and made some like clutch plays. Uh, I'm optimistic, guys. I'm optimistic. I, 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 and, and I've been not that. 
So um, I just want to, I, I just want to acknowledge that. And, uh, you know, I see you guys nodding your heads. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but, but uh, Jeff, you can say something. Well, there was a couple of little things that could have really blown this game up. They didn't recover that punt, which was like, uh, they had four guys there. And that was, I believe that was right after they had the touchdown lead. They could have blown this game open. There's a play where DK Metcalf doesn't set and they end up punting in a drive. They were comfortably moving down the field and could have won the game a lot earlier. So like those two plays and Ryan Neal runs into the punter. It's just, there were a couple of little things. Uh, that, like, uh, ended up picking the ball off on that same drive, but they, they go three and out. Like they look awesome. And then Neil runs into the punter. Like, so those kind of four plays, like, you're right. Seattle could have rolled that game. That but we've been, play, we talk about that stuff play. every week, right? Oh, yeah. They're, them in details are not a good thing. I mean, yeah, going all the way back to the Benson Mayoa thing against the Cardinals, right? Like, they, they shoot themselves in the foot every week. So I don't know how much of it we should, start, we should look at it and be like, oh. if they just didn't do this, this, and this, they, like, <laughs> they have to like factor that in and be better than that because they just seem to always do that stuff. It's a very good counter. That was so frustrating. Um, how did you guys feel about DK going up against Jalen? That was a, that was a storyline last time. Barely got any targets, no targets in the first half, and he got two catches for the game. And everyone's like, Jalen Ramsey shut him down. I think we all came away with Russ decided not to target him for some reason, like not even give him a chance. And there were some plays he was open. Today, DK ends up with let's see how many targets: eight targets, six catches, fifty-nine yards. You know what though? Yeah. If Russell throws a better deep ball, he has DK on an eighty-yard touchdown. Russell beats his defender there or not Russell uh, DK meet, beats his defender there. I don't think it was Jalen though. That was covering that was him. On, that's Darius Williams. Yeah. DK had a foot. I, it, I think if, if the ball had been better DK, are you talking about the one that Russ just absolutely launched it? That yes. Tyler. That was Tyler. That was Lockett. The one there's where another, there's another play to DK though, that, that Evan's right about. It was, it was a it was a different point in the game. Yeah, I don't think DK had a step on his guy there though. Tyler did have a bit of a step, and maybe maybe I'm thinking of Lockett. Yeah, that was a Lockett play. You're talking about the one where he like Aikman even says like he had to like wind up and like take a run up to yes. the line of scrimmage. Yes. Yeah, that was that Lockett. was Lockett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, it, it'd be nice to see like the resurgence of the deep ball. Speaking of the deep ball, we yeah. really haven't seen that in. A long time now. Like, when was the last time Russell connected on a forty-yard-plus touchdown? I mean, the more one was thirty-some yards or whatever, and wasn't a touchdown, right? But sure. But yeah, I mean, they just haven't. And and no, I don't know. I mean, maybe they had one against the Jets that I'm forgetting. But yeah, they haven't been hitting on that kind of thing in weeks. Yeah, we've talked, we've litigated that a lot, so we don't have to dive into it. But yeah, I, I thought Russell could have had a better touch on several of his deep balls tonight. Do we want to take a minute and talk about best defensive stands or defensive moments of the yeah. season? Cause you obviously the fourth down one in this game, mm-hmm. there was the back-to-back sacks last week. There was the hail Mary interception against the Cowboys. Yep. There was the cam stop against the Patriots. It's early in the year. Um, and wasn't there one, I think we're forgetting one against the back against, Kyler Murray in the Cardinals game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cardinals Dunlap. Yep, this Dunlap sack against the Cardinals. Um, yeah, and I, I want to say there's one we're forgetting from the Minnesota game. Now, this defense has has a knack for giving up lots of yards and points early in, in the season, but have even at that point, they tended to make big plays in big moments um, at the end of games. That That is not a bad characteristic to have if you're going to have one. So get this. Uh, yeah. I have to jump in here real quick. Jared, Go- Jared Goff doesn't look like he's going to play next week. That's big for NFC playoff chances. So it looks like That's there's so weird. There's real concern about his thumb. He said he has like, a broken thumb. He looked. He did not look bad after no. that. I agree. Weird. I, his results didn't look bad. It like as much as I don't like Jared Goff, it looked like a legit injury, and it did look sure. like he had to pop it back it in. Back point. So he might have really messed up his hand, like, and it's his throwing hand. So who knows what it's going to look like after it swells and after the game? I mean, he could have a a ball in his hand practically. Um, who the hell is this guy? What are you talking about? The backup is someone named John Wolford. You don't know him? 
Who's John Walford? He's a street free agent. You know who's probably really happy right now? Sean McVay. <laughs> Sean McVay is like, I'm finally released from the shackles of Jared Goff. <laughs> I'm going to get a quarterback that just makes the obvious play. Hey, I'm pretty sure Sean McVay actually strongly advocated for that Jared Goff extension. He did. There he was a report of that. I'm not making that up. No, he absolutely did. Um, all right, guys. Uh, anything else before we, uh, before we uh, wrap it up? I'll take that as a no. Uh, boys, we're going to the playoffs. We're NFC West champs once again. I can't remember how many times in the Pete Carroll era, but it's been a lot. Um, as Evan said, fuck the 49ers, fuck the Cardinals, fuck the Rams. Seahawks are on top. It's our division. It has been for the last two decades, to be honest. So uh, now it's all about the playoffs. 49ers next week in Arizona. Uh, Evan, I expect you to find a way to go to that game. Uh, <laughs> and you get to see our old friend Richard Sherman and, and CJ Beathard. Is that his name? I think he's uh, on IR. On IR. Is it? Yeah, what was that? Or he played yesterday. Sorry. Yeah, Nick Mullins is on there. Nick Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. Got it. So. Um, one more game to tune up and there's still an outside chance. The Seahawks get a bye week. Most likely they won't slim, but possible need the, the saints to lose to Carolina and then the need the Packers bears to beat the Packers. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'd give that like a 10% chance. I don't think it's a 0% chance. That's I think there's about, <laughs> I think I, there's about a one in 10 chance it could happen. I could see the Panthers beating the Saints. I could definitely see the Bears beating the Packers. Interesting. I feel a lot more confident about the about the Bears the Panthers. Pretty well the is if the Packers, the Packers have to win next week. Hmm. But all of a sudden, if Goff is out, how long are you usually out with a broken thumb? Well, for a quarterback on his throwing hand. Yeah, yeah, he's out for the year. I don't well, know about the year, but like, I mean, for this context, yes. For the season. I mean, you're not going to come back in a couple of weeks with a splint on your throwing hand. Like so that's- in that case, they're likely playing Arizona or the Rams in the first round. You might not have a quarterback. We will find out. Hopefully we'll also get some Josh Gordon news. I don't, I'm not expecting anything positive, but maybe we'll get lucky and, and add that guy in. We'll see. Um, and we can talk more about the snacks news and all that stuff later uh, in the week, but we will see everybody on Wednesday for the next edition of real Hawk talk until then. Enjoy everybody. Have a great rest of your night. Uh, happy holidays. And, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care. Oh, if you haven't already joined up at patreon.com slash Hawk blogger, give us a subscribe, give us a little bell notification, give us a like, uh, we'll see you soon. Take care.